Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining me again here on Dave Jones Podcast. I am Dave Jones, and I had a good opening marriage thought for you today. In opening, I just wanted to tell you about something that happened to me while I was writing my daily note to my wife. For those of you who don't know, I write a note to my wife every morning or every night, whichever time I get time to do it. Sometimes I have to double up in the morning to catch up for the night before if we get too busy, but that's okay. My wife loves me anyway. She knows I'm not perfect. So I was doing my daily note to my wife. I had a revelation that I never thought of before writing this statement. I realized that it doesn't matter what tomorrow will bring. What matters is today. And my goal is to make today the best today I can for you and for the children. It was at that point that I'd realized that one of the big changes that I had made recently was not dwelling anymore. I used to dwell on my wife's medical issues or the fact that she may one day leave me all alone. This caused me to have a negative effect towards her, and whether it be willing or unwilling, I would treat her badly. And even though I would pull myself out of these low places once in a while, and I would be happy, and I would be excited, and I'd want to spend a lot of time with her, she was already drugged down to that low point that I was at. Because we all know that misery loves company. Now, I've heard recently that in dealing in relationships, for every one negative interaction that you have with someone, it takes about five positive interactions to actually get yourself back to square one or slightly above that in having a happy relationship. Just as our opening moment here talking about marriage, I'd like to leave you with this. If you want to improve your marriage, or even your life if you don't have a spouse or a child, set one goal to make today the best today I can. Three, two, one. There. Ignition. Lift off. For those of you just joining us, you are watching a live view of the Falcon 9 rocket. Next up here, today at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard, SpaceX sent up a Crew Dragon spacecraft on top of a Falcon 9 rocket from the Kennedy Space Center. Now this launch, what it's going to do is it's actually just demonstrating their ability. There's no, there's no people on it. It's an unmanned spacecraft. It's just demonstrating their ability that they can carry people to and from space stations safely. So far, they've had a successful launch, and the Dragon is on its way to the International Space Station for docking. I just found this interesting because it's space. I mean, it's what nerds drool over, you know, aliens and all that kind of stuff. It's fun. It's unexplored. It's something new. Now, one thing I wanted to touch base, I just saw this about Elon Musk. Uh, I found it really interesting, just looking at a little bit of the SpaceX business, that he's actually not native-born American. He's actually an immigrant. And he came over here in 1988. Now, what really makes this interesting is he didn't come over as an oil baby or anything like that. He came over with only a couple grand, and now he's currently worth approximately $22 billion. Now, this is the American dream. This is what people come here for. 
not necessarily maybe to make two or twenty-two billion dollars or even a billion dollars, but to have some sort of wealth outside of a small grass hut or a small house on a farm where they're not quite sure where their next meal is coming from. I may do a deeper dive into his past a bit later. I just want to take the time to congratulate Elon Musk on his successful launch. Okay, so everybody, today I found out that it's Women's History Month, so I went ahead and did a little bit of searching and kind of looking around to see what I could find. Now, talking about the women of the past and learning about some you might not have heard of, learning new things for me is great. I enjoy it, but I also tend to be a bit of a nerd. But I did find a couple that I found pretty darn interesting. Like Katherine Johnson, in 1969, for the Apollo 11 landing, the only reason it really landed safely on the moon was because of an onboard flight software that she developed. Also, uh, Linda Newman, in 1898, she came up with this design for the modern hairbrush. And if it wasn't for her design, well... Odds are we'd have a lot longer to go through. She did. She was the first one that came up with the brush with the gaps in the center, and that helps going through small strands of hair separately and guiding particulates out of the hair. I just found that was kind of interesting. And these women are awesome. They've made a huge impact on our modern society. But knowing these, it may help us intellectually or just in random conversation with friends. Do they really impact our daily life? We should not only look at women of history, but women of soon-to-be history, or women who are currently making history. One I'd like to call your attention to is one group of ladies, and there are some guys in there too. I only say group of ladies primarily because, from what I've seen, most of the people involved are female. They do have some males in there, but like I said, it's mostly women. And they're currently fighting for the right not only to just get out of bed in the morning. They're fighting for the right to work. They're fighting for the right to take care of their kids, whether it's bathe them or feed them. Now, I want you to put yourself in a situation for me real quick, just mentally. Do whatever you need to. If you want to lean back and kind of just visualize this and see if you can kind of get yourself in the right mindset to understand what I'm about to tell you. I want you to imagine that you wake up in the morning you hear birds chirping outside. You hear the laughter of your kids playing in the next room. And suddenly, you start to realize how much pain is coming from your knees. Maybe one of your ankles, possibly your shoulder, maybe it's your back. But it's a pain that is so excruciating that you can't even get up. Now, this pain, you try and walk to the bathroom, get yourself taken care of first thing in the morning. All you can do is use the restroom. So here's the basic gist of it. You have this pain that is so severe that makes the simplest of tasks excruciating. Now there's many conditions that cause this, whether it be CRPS or fibromyalgia, MS, or God forbid cancer. Long story short, I would like you to check out Don't Punish Pain, also known as Don't Punish Pain Rally. Each individual state has their own sector. Let's take a quick rundown of the opioid situation in the country. So opioids were designed to reduce pain, and some people found that they could get high off them. And abusers and a small amount of doctors exploited this. Then on top of that, some criminals started bringing some in from the other countries because it was cheaper. Even in China, not only that, but they used our own federal 
postal service to do so. Now, they started cracking down on them, which makes sense. Now they also hyped up this so-called opioid epidemic and opioid-related overdoses. Now, I know we've all seen the big, huge news alerts from 2016 with over 60,000 deaths because of these evil opioids. Took a little ride on the whoopsie-go-round. And, uh, so yeah, they kind of cut that back. 40,000. I think they even went down to, like, 36,000 or something like that. Well, my numbers are a little bit older, so these are all based off of the 60,000. At that point, only 17,000 of those were related to prescription opioids. But to make it even better, they didn't break it down any further than that. They didn't break it down into people who accidentally overdosed, people who used them for suicide because they couldn't handle the pain and the pain meds really weren't working all that well. Now on top of that, you also got to remember, yeah, there may have been prescriptions, but were they prescribed to the person who overdosed or did they steal them from grandma? So needless to say, I highly doubt we'll ever get all of the numbers truly. They called it an epidemic. But in that same year, what they didn't think to tell you about this so-called epidemic is it was like number 9 or 10 on the list. The top two were heart disease and cancer. And combined, they killed over a million people. Huh. Let's see, we've got, I think it was heart disease on the top of the list at almost 600,000 people dead. Heart disease. But opioids at 60k, that's where we're really going to concentrate all of our energy. Now, I just wanted to kind of sum things up and put it in perspective. This problem that we're having with the opioids, one, it's not a problem with opioids. It's a problem with addiction. We have an addictive society, whether it's video games, whether it's alcohol, whether it's gambling, whether it's <laughs> time with mommy and daddy, or hopefully just mommy and daddy and not daddy and other people. That could be complicated. Definitely not good for your marriage. But basically, we have this system where we take the responsible people, the ones who are following the rules, and we go ahead and we punish them. Why do we do this? Think about it this way. There's opioids. Some people use them responsibly because they need them. Other people use them for, let's call it recreation. So it's irresponsible. It's for something that it is not prescribed to do. It's not made to make you feel funny and feel good. It's made to reduce pain. Obviously, if we try to punish the people who are addicted to opioids, we're just mean people. We're mean people that are picking on people who are down on their luck because they got addicted because they made a choice. That's the big difference here, is the choice. I'm sorry to any parents out there who have had children who have overdosed, but those children, they had the ability to choose. Do I want to partake in something that is not prescribed to me? Do I want to use something outside of what is suggested to use for? They made the choice. Chronic pain patients, they don't have the choice. They're in pain, so they go to their doctor to try and help with that. Yeah, they need to be punished. Let's put more regulations on. That's what needs to happen. Because if we punish the people who are following the rules, they're going to follow the rules, and they're going to get hurt from this. But those people who weren't following the rules before, yeah, it's not going to affect them. Who are we kidding? So I just wanted to say that don't punish pain. They're the other side. They're the ones who actually need the medications. They're not the ones just crying over their dead children who made a bad decision, which got them killed. I don't say any of this to be mean, but I say it to be honest. Why is it that we're pandering to people whose children made a bad decision? Personally, I know one lady. I actually know her through family. She is a family member of mine. Now, this lady 
she's a great lady. She's kind. She's sweet. And her job was taking care of the elderly at a nursing home. But that was before they dropped her medication. Before they dropped her down to a lower dose of her medications, now she has a hard time just taking care of herself. She had to quit her job, and now she spends her days feeling like she's the one who needs to be taken care of. But of course you can't hire somebody because now you have no job. See, this is the weird part of this, is you're taking people who aren't producing, and you're putting them as your priority. The people who are overdosing, putting them as your priority. Most people probably living with their family members and mooching off them, or living off of the state. They're gone now, and I'm sorry for that. But the people we're punishing is these people who are actually going to work. If they're not going to work, they're active moms who are taking care of their children. So that way, they can give the other part of their family the ability to go off to work, without worrying about what's going on at home because they know that the other person has it. But if you have to give up your job because you're in pain, because you can't get your medications, you're no longer contributing. You may even have to take. You may have to not only get food stamps, but also get disability because you're unable to work. That's all money coming out of the government's pocket. That's coming out of my pocket. That's coming out of your pocket. And why? Because a bunch of party animals decided to make bad decisions, so the people who are responsible are going to get punished. I didn't mean to take a tangent on this one. Rewind. Now, I know a lot of people out there are probably thinking, this is not my problem. I really don't care. Well, I just want you to think what the feds are doing. They're eliminating opioids in long term. That's the long term goal here. Now, even our wounded vets are having a hard time getting treatment once they come back to the states, and that is extremely sad. Now, you can call me crazy if you like, but keep in mind, when you go to the ER for, you know, I don't know, broken arm, uh, ruptured appendix, you got ran over by a car, God forbid, you're going through these jokes they call cancer treatments, and they tell you they can't give you pain medications because you may become addicted, you're going to remember my voice telling you, hey, America, don't punish pain. Now, hey guys, you like me and you want to keep track? I wanted to let you know that I am available on CastBox, SoundCloud. I'm also available on Podbean, YouTube, and Facebook. Now, anytime you're looking for Dave Jones, remember, it's J-O-N-Z-E. That's J-O-N-Z-E. This is Dave Jones. Mommy. Signing off. Chloe. Chloe.